Hello there and welcome to the Get French Football News preview show. I'm Nathan Staples and joining me this evening is Adam White. It's been an interesting midweek with some French Cup action and some interesting Ligue 1 matters that we will dive into pretty soon. But before that, here's the latest headlines. In the Coupe de France midweek, Paris Saint-Germain advanced into the semi-finals as they saw off Dijon 3-0. Angel Di Maria scored twice and Thomas Mounier scored in the second half to win the match. In the other two quarterfinals played this midweek, Rennes won 2-0 over Le Deux side Orléans. Uh, Benjamin Borrego and Mbai Niang with the goals for the home side as Lyon saw past Caen in the other match with Alexander Djikou sent off in the last few moments. But Jason Denier, Maxwell Corne and Memphis Pie's first goal since November sealed it for Legon. The other match, Vitra versus Not, will not be played until the midweek next week, so Wednesday the 6th. And you may be able to catch that on free sports in the UK as they have gained rights for the French Cup. If not, it may be on their Premier Sports channel. And in off the field news, uh, Bordeaux have move, moved to change their manager this week as Ricardo has been removed from his position. They are yet to announce a replacement for him and their game that was supposed to be scheduled on Friday night has now been moved to Tuesday. And that's all for the news. But remember, for everything in the world of French football, uh, do on head on over to our website at www.getfootballnewsfrance.com and follow us on Twitter at GFFN. We start this week with a quick look back at the French Cup because we are starting to get to the business end now, Adam, and it's nice that it's on English TV as well for, for a change, which uh, mm. it's been a long while since it's actually been on British TV, but for, for starters, pretty much the favourites winning out and you would anticipate that not will be the, the fourth team to, to come through next or next midweek at least, but um, no real surprises, but good to see Wren come through, the chance for them to go for the cup depending on the draw, obviously, when that comes through as well, when uh, Leon get back to winning ways, it's, it's shaping up to be a good set of semi-finals. Yeah, it really is. Um, I think you'd expect Nantes to, to be what for the fourth division Vitra next week away from home. Although, you know, as we've spoken before, the sort of classic Coupe de France uh, uh, sort of paradigm is is upsets, and and that that kind of happened a lot even this season. But I think you expect Nantes to win that quarterfinal. And yeah, you, you potentially if it's a Nantes do win, you've got two two sort of not derbies, but you've got rivalries. Obviously, Nantes Rennes potentially, and then PSG Lyon would be great. Uh, semi-final lineup. Obviously, it depends on the draw, but those would be two brilliant semis, especially if PSG go to Lyon. You know, they're a bit of a bogey ground for them over recent years. So, yeah, um, uh, th three pretty sort of standard kind of results um, to be expected. Um, it, it, nice to see all Lyon in there. You know, they've they've done okay in league league this season. They're a small club, and nice to see them get to the quarterfinals. But obviously, ran a bit too good for them. Good to see Benjamin Borrego getting a goal. He's he's sort of improved over the course of the season. It's, you know, he sort of dropped out of favour a little bit, but I think he's a really really good player. So. Good to see him back. And Di Maria with another two goals, had a fantastic season. I saw, uh, I haven't actually caught up with that game just yet. That's my plan to do tomorrow. But I saw the, the images of them doing his new celebration together, uh, which which looked a, sort of a strange sort of dance with his arms out wide, which uh, looked looked a bit odd. But um, yeah, so it's great to see, uh, hopefully, a, a really exciting semi-final lineup. And um, for once, I'm not sure that PSG's name is necessarily on the trophy. It has been for the last four, four years now, five perhaps. But um, yeah, some exciting semi-finals for sure. <clears throat> yeah, I, I, I'm 
at least for if not go through there's not a chance of sort of the walkover final that we had last year which was yeah. nice to see a, a smaller side get to the final but that's always sometimes the problem with those shows pizza events is that they can still turn up and still get hammered it was a bit it reminded me a little bit of the uh, sort of a, a while ago now but the manchester united millwall fa cup final that was oh yeah interesting to get a team there but then a non-event you always want the the sort of wigan manchester city one where even if they hadn't have won it would have been a little bit more it was more mm. of a competitive sort of style game with still smaller sides but i, I don't know I, i've got my fingers crossed it should not go through let's have ren and not in the final because imagine mm. a brit on derby in, in the, the final, final. It'd be great it'd, yeah. yeah it would be really really great to, and i'm sure they'll they'll pack out the uh, the the uh, part of france as well it'd be it'd be really great to see uh, let's go on to Liga matters and we're going to start with a game that it actually comes a little bit later this week it won't be until Tuesday as we mentioned in the preview but it does have some importance really because Bordeaux uh, probably been listening to this podcast for the last couple of weeks because both on the previous show and the main show I've been moaning about how rubbish they've been in there so they've made a move really Adam in that, that case that I think that maybe they were getting as bored as I was because Ricardo has been removed from his position disappointing results is what they're saying is the reason for the move uh, he never really even got to the actual position of manager because of his qualification issues yeah. it's not been a, a, a sort of pseudo manager shall we say and um, they've expressed his gratitude and his exemplary professionalism but in the end it felt like if they weren't going to make this move now they were going to make the move at the end of the summer so at the end of the season so better to move him on now than, than wait for it yeah, I think so. Um, you think you think you're getting bored with with Bordeaux? It's my unfortunately it's my job to watch them play every week, so you can imagine how how sort of frustrated I've become with them, given how poor their season's been. Um, but yeah, I think it was the right decision. I think Bordeaux are in a bit of a sort of transitional kind of stage uh, in their development because they've been bought out by these um, American owners and they promised investment into the team over the sort of I think I it's, it's sort of to dozens of million. I, I, I can't remember the pick off the top of my head, but over the next three years in transfers, sixty or eighty million perhaps. Um, that's don't quote me. That's just off of my head. But uh, it's, they want to invest significantly in the squad over the next sort of three years or so. And there's a feeling around the club that they're going to sort of adopt the Nice slash Monaco model um, in that they're going to sign young players, they're going to develop them and, and sell them on, which which is a, a perfectly viable model and it's sustainable in this league in particular. And to be honest, it's sustainable over Europe these days. And uh, a lot of a lot of teams, even sort of lower down uh, the the, the the, the rankings, if you like, of leagues to adopt a very similar uh, thing, but on a smaller scale. So that's a perfectly reasonable uh, objective. But I think that there's going to be a word of caution, a caution there, like what we saw with Nice and with Monaco, where you know that there's it's always becomes the, the whole point, which 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 I don't think is the greatest idea at all. There needs to be some sort of balance there. But um, yeah, it's, the situation with Ricardo was was very strange. So because um, he wasn't, he didn't, as you mentioned, he didn't have the right qualifications to to lead the team outright. So he sort of shared the managerial um, sort of duties in a Roy Evans, Gerard Houllier kind of way for, for mid-90s Liverpool fans, what that reference is, um, with, with Eric Bedway. And um, so Eric Bedway was doing, who's a long-term coach at the club, has been a caretaker manager on occasion, has stepped in when needed. And um, uh, so he was doing all the press conferences and he was the one on the touchline, but it was Ricardo picking a team, although they were both taking training. Ricardo's, I think there was a league manager association, which I think is is, is led by Raymond Dominic, and they, they ruled that he wasn't allowed to even stand up from the bench. So he literally sat on the bench, he most, or he just stood in the bench, uh, which seems like a very pernickety ruling, but even so, uh, it, it wasn't working out. And I know he's, he's, he's been at the club before and, and he, he's, you know, relatively funny thought of there, but... Um, 
I think I think uh, a, a coach perhaps with a better track record of developing younger players is needed from next season onwards. And this season is gone really for them. You know, they had a set, they had a brief glimpse of uh, cup success in the semi-finals when PSG were knocked out. You know, they're trying to get back into it because that's big for the model too. You know, to to promote players in Europe and do well in in the Europa League. Um, and they're not going to get there through the league, uh, even though they did they did somehow last season miraculously under Gus Poyet. Uh, so it's better to sort of to move on now and, and perhaps get a new man in and they, they're not going to get relegated either, of course. So um, their sort of season is sort of petering out and they can sort of prepare for next season already, really, and, and maybe start to play, bring in some younger players that will be more prominent next year and perhaps marginalise or use less some of the players that are perhaps going to be moved along. So it's a good it's a good idea. And it's just hope that they don't follow the, the very similar trajectory that Bordeaux have taken over the last few years in that they sign a new manager, there's a bounce and then they trail off badly. And and it and because they're such a big club, you know, they won the league ten years ago. Um they they're a successful team and with a big fan base potentially, although they don't they've got the fan base has got a little bit sort of miffed recently with, with the, the way the team's gone. But they potentially do have a lot of fans. And um, and it they sort of follow this path of, of getting a new manager and then deteriorating slowly and it all going horribly wrong and then sacking them and the same thing happens happens again. The same happened with Gorvanek, played okay for a bit. Sagnol did all right for a bit. Poyet, they did okay for a bit too. Um, got into Europe under each of those coaches, but then it went terribly wrong. So hopefully whoever they bring in is a bit more sustainable and they give him more time than they've given other coaches previously. Although, to be fair, to Gorvanek in particular, they gave quite a bit of time to when he could have got here and everything a bit earlier. But yeah, so I think the new manager, the next manager is pretty, pretty important point for the club and hopefully they can build the sustainability that that, that um, they've shown in the past when, you know, back in with Blanc when they won the league and, and before that. So an interesting year ahead for the club. Yeah, it really is, and it's an interesting sort of last three months of the season of them for us, them as well, because uh, realistically they're twelve points ahead of the drop zone, uh, even the relegation playoff zone. I can't see them getting relegated. I think even one, one or two more wins, which is, you know, out of twelve games, it's not. It should really be happening for them. They shouldn't be going down at least. So they should really use these last couple of months to assess the squad, see what they've mm-hmm. got, assess what options they have in terms of structure as well. Because let's be honest, uh, this sort of the not just the player acquisition and bits like that but the managerial appointment ricardo was uh, trying not to be yeah, too offensive not. but it's a joke really in in all honesty yes he's done he's done jobs in france before but if he's not got the right qualifications and they were aware of that before they signed him it, it turned into a farce no one knew really who was the man in charge i'm sure it, it not just confused the fans but the players it, it never really ended up being anything it always felt like it was just going to be an interim appointment so it's the time for them now to assess the squad see what they've got, see what's worth keeping, see what's worth moving on. I think, that for one thing, the Ancaramo experiment will probably come to an end because mm. of disciplinary issues, and that's a shame for a, for a young player that's maybe allowed him to move to Inter Milan early on to go to his head rather than to his feet, which is a, a real shame. But at the same time, like you say, if they adopt that Leon model and that Nice model, that they, they've had a little bit of success recently. Obviously, Malcolm went for a fair, decent whack, yeah. and, and even before that... Uh, we, uh, probably forgetting now but he's coming into prominence again is in adam munas who's had a good mm. couple of months at, at napoli recently they got a fair whack for him as well um it's something they can look at doing again they've still got um they've still got interesting players in the books they obviously brought Major um in january and i'm sure he'll probably be delighted to have a, a new manager straight away which is always what you want when you're settling into a club in a different country um but yeah. they've they've got they've got Francois Camino, who's had a, had a decent first half of the season. They've obviously got a, a Puget as well at the back, who's 
decent player and 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 Jules Kunde, um, still a very young centre back as well. They've got options there of people that could move on really, and, and or at least look at Pablo's having an excellent season, and, and and clubs were looking at him as well in the first half of the half of the year. So it's not like they've not got the youth players or all the players to to move on. Yasin Adli as well, obviously they brought in um, as well, who was highly rated. You know, Arsenal were looking at him in the summer when he was going to be out of contract as well. So. They've got options there. They've got talent as well. It's just assessing what needs to be kept, what can be sold, what can be worked at improving and, and working from there, really. And hopefully they just take this time not to rush someone randomly through the door, but assess their options, get a director of football maybe in and, and have a, a plan ahead and then see what play, managers, possibly even a younger manager with a, a good thought and, a, and a, that identity that they want to bring to the club, not just in style of player, but style of player as well, to bring the fans back because it's been very, very quiet at the Matmut Atlantique. And I know football sometimes in the south of that sort of corner of the south of France can be a bit um, sparse sometimes, can't it, with, with Toulouse as well, sort of sometimes struggling for attendance. But I'm sure they will all flock back if they can find a little bit of excitement again. And they have an interesting game to be fair on Tuesday because it's gone a little bit under the radar because they're still staying in the top, sort of top third of the table, really. But Montpellier have had an awful 2019, really. They've had one win um, since the turn of the year. And um, February's been particularly barren. Three draws and two defeats. And those last two defeats, they've conceded nine, uh, Adam, which is very Mon- un-Montpellier-like. But at the same mm. time, this second half of the season is almost very Montpellier-like. Yeah, it is. It's all very Zakarian like It was very similar at Nantes as well. They they threatened to challenge and then they fell away and finished 14th a couple of times under him. When they were, I think the second season they did that, they were really close to, you know, I thought they'd finished in the top seven at least. And that wouldn't be a European race, but they'd be close towards the end of the year. But they fell away and happened last year under him as well. We thought they'd be sort of there or thereabouts for European places, but dropped in the last few months of the season. It seems to be happening again, which is bizarre. And Normally, it's because they sort of run out of, of goals. So, you know, they don't have enough firepower. His sorts of teams are very stoic and very defensive, but they sort of run out of firepower. But uh, it seems to almost be the opposite. You know, you said nine goals conceded in two games. They got at home to, to Rons, who are having a lovely time up in sixth for 41 points, level with Marseille and played seven minute games, which is really quite impressive. But being 4 2 at home by Rons, you know, is, is, a, is, 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 a, is a bit of a surprising result. Obviously, 5 1 at PSG, that doesn't really. Uh, underline the, the way the game went because Montpellier were better than, than that score suggests and PSG were very fortunate with some of those goals but even so conceding so freely you know two against Monaco as well looking further back um, they, they've they've sort of run out of steam a little bit and it seems to be happening again and I just wonder what Montpellier's sort of long well medium to long term goal is 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 it to get into Europe I would imagine so you know they've won the league or two recently they're a sizable enough club to, to challenge for that top six places although I imagine that it will be top five this year with Strasbourg and Gangor in the in the Coupe de Ligue final. But you know, is is Dzakari in the right man for that? And I think that's the, the issue that Nantes had as well. They, that was kind of their next objective. Obviously, it hasn't panned out for Nantes, particularly. You know, pushing on towards Europe. You know, they they did a similar thing last year under Anieri and dropped away. But it'd be interesting to see if it if this continues and they finish mid table again. You know, I I think they're that if you if it, it's a very very tightly packed sort of top to middle third, if you like. But if they finish on a 10th or 11th again, I don't know where the progression is coming in. I, I don't think he should be sacked, but, you know, stranger things have happened and, and perhaps it, the, he might be under a little bit of pressure when it comes to next season. And this point in next season, the same thing happens. It, it, it might be a similar situation that maybe he, he's struggling to lead them to the, the places they want to be. So uh, interesting time in his career as a manager and, and for the club as a whole, I think. 
Yeah, it's it's a difficult one for them, isn't it? I mean, the the thing that you would say you've, you've perfectly analogised it there that that not obviously got rid of Desikari and, and had a almost a like a, a, a sort of never really ended up going anywhere further. It's similar that's happened to Ren, but maybe they're getting some sort of stability under Stefan. But maybe just a small change, maybe try and go to to Desikari and say, is there an extra coaching thing that we can do to your backroom staff? Can we add anything to 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 assist you a little bit more and maybe get a bit more consistency? Is there a fitness issue? Is there a, a personnel issue then? Because they've got a good starting 11, but it sort of breaks away from there, I think, a little bit. That's maybe where the problem's lying. Maybe a couple of players are getting tired. We know that we'll bash on about it often enough that Vitorino Hilton's in his 40s now and surely his legs can't last forever. Um, the attacking duo have been pretty good and even in these games they've been pretty decent really, but they can't carry the entire team, especially when they are starting to struggle at the back and, and wean a little bit, especially in that Rance game because I don't think they've... I don't, I'm not sure if Rance has scored three in a game, never mind four, mm. so <laughs> it, it was really a surprise really, but... Um, Maybe just a couple of extra things. Maybe that's a meeting at the end of the season they have, depending on where they finish in the mid, say it's a sort of mid table. Is maybe the board instead of thinking, do we move on from Dizakarian? Is maybe thinking in the summer, do we get him some help? What what does he think he needs to to improve the squad and try and as much as they can at least anyway facilitate it? Obviously, it's it's dictated by money, isn't it, and everything like that. But if they can. If they've got young players they can bring through, if there's a couple of nice little neat signings they can do, if there's someone they can add to the backroom staff that can maybe do something, or fitness-wise, or, or technology, anything like that, just to give them a little bit of an edge and try it that way, instead of you know, doing the classic sacking the manager and trying to get someone else in. Because yeah. at the same time, while it might do an improvement, it might, much like it has with Nolan, lead them back to square one. But an interesting game on Tuesday, and obviously we've got a couple of games before that, and we'll come on to some of them next. But let's get our predictions on this one. Adam, what, what do you think the score will be? I'm going to go nil-nil here, unfortunately. Mm. It, it breeds a non-exciting game, doesn't it? I think uh, I, I'm, I'm going to actually agree with you, I think. I think that, that Bordeaux are sort of still trying to find themselves now and I, I can't imagine too much of a bounce back after the Ricardo thing because not much is really are, are on the field, at least due to change an enormous amount. I don't think between now and the end of the season, it's more finding out players that do want to show their quality and Montpellier we just want a clean sheet more than anything, I think. And then they want to rest and think that get February, well, it'll be the start of March, or it? Yeah, the start of March with with an okay result and uh, focus back when they go back at home. But um, an interesting game between two more informed sides now we, that we'll see on, on Saturday, so a lot sooner will be uh, Ras versus uh, Amiel, two sides that are starting to pick up. And especially, like you mentioned earlier, Adam, Ras have been on a real, real tear at the moment, really. An excellent result for them at least against Montpellier, where they've even come from behind, which is something they've not really done this season. So credit to them, credit to David Guion, who's going to get a lot of plaudits at the end of the season. But they're playing terrific for football, and especially, and I know we've got a piece on the site, I do implore you to read it because it's a, it's a nice little read on the 22-year-old Remy Udan who's scoring for fun at the moment, really. And they've added a couple of players in the summer, and they look like, at least for now, whether they can continue it is another question. But... They're definitely not going down, and if anything, they might step into Europe. Yeah, they really might. It's, it's an unbelievable season, really. You know, they got promoted last year. They won League at a canter. 
but uh, their squad was was sort of overhauled. They kind of lost the spine of the team with Julian Jeanvier going to Brentford, uh, Denilson de Silva stayed in Ligue 2, uh, Jordi Sibichu moved on. You know, they, they really did um, have to sort of reinvent themselves a little bit. And it's a huge credit to have a Guion to not only comfortably keep them up, they're sixth in the league, but to comfortably keep them up and, and, and push on to Europe. And at the moment, you look at the sides around them and you think, OK, the top five um, maybe aren't reachable, but and I know that six probably isn't a European place, but to finish in the top six would be would be pretty pretty something. And Marseille are capable of imploding again. Uh, St Etienne, you know, have been up and down recently. Lyon might get distracted by the Champions League, so there might be an opportunity for them to sneak in there. And, you know, when you look below them, you look at Montpellier, that we just discussed them, and they're in far better form. Uh, Strasbourg, again, one eye on the Coupe de Ligue final. They're in better form than them too. Rennes, distracted by the Europa League. And I would argue Rennes are... are Better side in the league this year. Nice have had we've documented their issues, and I know that Nîmes are, are pushing hard, but I, I don't think they're capable of sustaining their form. And but Ren, uh, Ron, sorry, are certainly are capable of sustaining this form. You know, when you look back at their results, and the last poor result they had was they lost at home to Toulouse on December the fifth. And you look at the game since then, they got a draw at Lille. Um, they beat Strasbourg at home. They drew of Caen, which is amazing, but they won in the cup. They drew at Lyon. They drew with Nice at home, which is when Nice are playing a little bit better. Um, unlucky in the cup with with a draw to lose, beat Gangon, beat Marseille, draw to lose, draw to lose, and then beat Rennes, and then beat Montpellier four two this weekend. It's been a quite an amazing run, and if they can keep it up for the rest of the season. Then why can't they finish in the, in the top five? It might be a little bit of stretch because their squad isn't too 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 strong. You know when it goes beyond the first eleven, and David Guion has sort of very been very clear about you know, his first 11 and, and it's very sort of static, if you like. And there's only really been one or two changes in the back four in particular have been really, really good. But I think they deserve credit for the for the recruitment in the in the winter as well. You know, Baba Raman coming in is a really good signing for a club like Rons to replace Conan, who's injured for the rest of the year. Um, and it's got nice, interesting signings with um, Zanelli, who, who started the first three games on the bench, but came off the bench uh, against Ren and was brilliant and, and was really good at the weekend too. We talked about him with the, what's double figure, figures of assists for Heron Veen this season. Um, and they're just just a really well organised, really effective football team, and they're starting to like blossom as well. It's not just the defensive side that they they're they're nailing at the moment. They're becoming quite an attractive team to watch in the last few weeks. And uh, David Guion deserves. It's sort of the under radar manager of the ward of the season. We, you know, when these UNFP awards come around towards the end of the year, you you know the obvious candidates from the bigger clubs are, are, are mentioned. And we talked about this on the pod last year that someone like Policia might deserve that award last year. And, I can't see a better job in the league and, or even close than to Guion this year. So um, for me, he's manager of the season and and they're, they're brilliant. It's, it's a great story and, a, you know, a historic club. It's great to see him doing well. Yeah, I think that's going to be the fight, isn't it? I suppose when our awards come around, is it's going to be, depending on how, how they finish, it's going to be between Galtier and Guion. And it's depending mm. on, on your feelings on it. And uh, I can't see a better job than Guion. If he carries this on, and I mean, it's not unfathomable either. They've got Amiens, Dijon and Nantes through March that yeah. that's at the moment three wins which would yeah. make it, yeah. it it would be that would make them um that would make seven wins out of eight which would be incredible and then yeah. they've got Strasbourg after that in the start of April and and by that point some teams might have fallen away some teams might have pulled out a couple of results and they might even have a cushion at that point that's yeah. the, the sort of crazy thing at the moment yeah they could even be fourth by that point you know yeah. if you look at Sanetti and Marseille's fixtures they could they could over only two points behind Sanetti and a level of Marseille they could even be fourth like great it's, yeah, absolutely crazy. I think um, we were mentioning about Bordeaux earlier. If they're looking for someone, I think, 
to be the manager next season. I, I, can't, I can't look further than Guion. I think mm. I think I think him and, and Lore have to be sort of front runners for for ideas of young managers that they may want to, to sort of install a system. But what he's done this season has been tremendous. They've got a good group of players that have pulled together as well. I, I've really enjoyed Udan, and like you say, Zanelli's pulled up and, and, and done nicely as well. They've got just a serviceable squad. You can see when they play the bigger teams as well, the tactics they employ. They were they were excellent against Marseille a couple of weeks ago as well. They, they really were. and um, It would be a credit to them if they can finish there. But at the same time, they're facing a team in, in Amion that have a little bit of swagger about them. That's not, I'm not, I know I said they were in form, but they, uh, it's two, out, two wins out of the last three. Admittedly, in the middle of that, there is that defeat to Marseille where they Marseille played pretty well. They'll be a little bit disappointed. They weren't a little bit more competitive, but they went out against Nice and and really were were probably the better side for the majority of that game. It wasn't the greatest of matches, but they they certainly were deserving of coming out on top. And it's a really big result for them after being calm the week before. And they have a a, so, a little bit of a softer march, at least anyway you might say. But this is the time for them to kick on. But a difficult game of the weekend. But it is good to see Amion. As well, and and especially after the weekend, so you Garassi getting his first goal as well, getting him started and firing, and Canate obviously coming up with the assist, and he's obviously still a big mention involved there, Adam. But getting someone else scoring a couple of goals will will really really help them in their bid to to survival. Yeah, absolutely. It was a neat little finish, wasn't it, from Grassi, sort of near post. A little nice little outside of the football from Canate from to run on to. He's a very confident finish, and I think. We, we talked a lot about Godos and Canati on the pod last 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 time and, and how important they are. You know, Godos missed seven games while he was at the Asian Cup and Canate uh, was injured for such a long time. That was That's all their goals, um, pretty much. Uh, I know Steven Mendoza is sort of, you know, a, a tricky little winger and, and is capable of scoring goals, but really the, the firepower is Godos and Canate. And so without them, they really slipped. But I think with them in the team, this this kind of setup suits Amion so much better because we know that Pulisic can organise the defence. We saw that last season, they had one of the best defensive records in the league. Uh, it, despite being a pro team and finishing the table, they, they were very, very solid. And we know that he can join a defence. And uh, Eric Peters is a neat little signing for a club like Amion coming in from Stoke. International experience, you know, um, league experience as well. He's been around and he, he'll fit in nicely with players like Emil Kraft, you know, a Swedish international. Prince Guano has been really, really good for them at the back. And Jordan Lafort, who I, I had a number of questions over at the start of the season playing at left back, but he seemed to transition to centre back really nicely, played really well there for the last what, seven or eight games. And they're looking solid again, like they were last year. And I think that partly comes from this 4 4 2 that they're sort of playing now. You know, you've got the, 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 ball, the ball playing ability of Moncondori, who I really like. He's come up with them from National alongside a little bit more sort of competitive or mobile player. Eddie Dinoro is pretty dynamic and he's been playing there a few times. And Alexi Blan is a solid midfielder who I quite liked to lose. And we've discussed him. And even if you wanted, you could have Matthew Bodmer there. It might be better because of his age playing a three, but he, he's a solid addition as well. So and you, you get so much more give the defence so much more uh, rest and you give them so much more protection by playing Godos on one side and and if it ends up being Otero or Mendoza on the other because they're, they're, they're hard-working players, intelligent players and they can cover inside as well as their fullbacks. And then the pairing of Canate and, and this season, now anyway, Garassi, and they're, they're already there's a little bit of an understanding there. So that they they managed to combine the solidity of that defence and, and the, the, the sort of base that midfield with um, ability to counter-attack and score goals and, and create, which a lot of teams around them don't have. They're just a, a really good little unit when they've got that first 11 in and, and playing and fit. And and it's really benefiting that that return to that setup because uh, Palacio said, like, it, it, we just have no uh, no firepower <clears throat> when when uh, Canate was injured. So they've got that back and 
yeah, I think they're safe, to be honest. I know it's a little bit early. They're only four points off the bottom three. And, the, you know, their form otherwise has been pretty poor. But with this, if they can keep this team fit, I don't see them finishing anywhere near the bottom three. And as we mentioned last week, I kind of think there's a, a bottom three is going to be fighting over that that uh, relegation spot, but um, that playoff spot. But yeah, for Amion, I think I think they're okay now. Yeah, it's a super tough game this weekend, isn't it? But at the same time, much like Rath, their, their schedule sort of softens up again. They've got winnable games within the next couple of months. And I, I, like you say, I can start to see a, a gap forming really at the moment that, that Cole Dijon and, and Gangomp are going to have to fight through that we'll, we'll sort of talk about in a, a little moment at least anyway. But yeah, they, they just look better with Canate as well. I think he makes such a difference, not just attacking-wise, but the ball doesn't come straight back to them anymore or anything like that. That was sometimes the problem is they they were struggling in games because they couldn't keep it upfield never mind even try and go towards goal it was just constantly coming back at them and we said after that awful January that they needed to start picking up points this month and then when when things started to to do a little bit better and they and they have done which is vitally important and I think a, a couple more wins maybe sort of in this month of March and you can probably say they're safe but predictions on on this one then Adam what do you think the score will be? Um, I think it's an interesting game. Uh, 2-1 runs? I'm going for 1-0 Rass, I think. I think they might just sneak one, really, and then just do the classic. Although, what they've done a lot this season, which is defend excellently and really allow um, Amion to give it a a little bit of a go. But I think they're just a bit too good for for Amion to overcome. On to the next game this weekend, because it's got a lot more interesting, because admittedly, we were writing Gang on Poff for a long while, really, um, Adam, that, that we thought that they were dead and buried. This would be the most important part of the season for them to, to try and get some wins while they've got some games in, against teams in and around them, at least. And they got one of those wins against Angers, which is somewhat surprising given their form before the game. But crucially, March with the cup final at the very end of it as well, which may play as a bit of a distraction, but not Toulouse and, and Dijon is their chance to try and claw themselves away from the drop zone. Um, and starting with that game against Le Canary at the weekend, they looked a little bit better in the last couple of weeks. They were really unlucky, weren't they, against Bordeaux, that, that Rue missed that chance very close near the end that would have nicked all three points, which would have been absolutely massive. But um, here's another chance for them against an outside that have nicked a couple of results recently but have never really got into any sorts of form this is their chance to try and swing for the fences and and try and get their season um back on the trails of of everyone else and chase that pack above them yeah it is yeah absolutely um uh, we, we talk about that we, we sort of wrote them off and we did a sort of similar thing with Mets last year when they were really far behind they made that sort of late surge which kind of trailed off towards the end and they obviously got relegated but um with um with Gangon, they're only two points behind the the Con and Dijon. Who, with that sort of, those are the three teams we think kind of developing is uh, is fighting over the relegation playoff spot. And, you know, uh, Gorvenek's a, a, a astute coach, and he hasn't had the best time of it recently at Bordeaux. And although it started okay at Bordeaux, and obviously did very well with Gangon in in the in the past. And you know, given the right resources and given time, he he can build a good league and team. And he's proven that you know, a number of times in a while, at least a couple of times in the past that, you know, he can get relatively decent results. And if he's given enough time over the course of the, over the, if he'd given, if he'd been given slightly more time, I should say, this season, then perhaps Gangon would be up towards where Amion and, and Toulouse and Monaco are at the moment. And they'd be a little bit more competitive. Um, Cause he's clearly the right fit for the club. He's, he was, did really well with them before. And there's clearly a good understanding there. So yeah, I, I wouldn't be keen to write them off. And that, you mentioned about Angers, 
uh, before they were the team. I think the Mets got their wins against as well last year. They they have a they have a thing about sort of playing to their opponent's level almost. If you exclude PSG, they seem to do okay against the better teams and you know get results against Lyon or or Marseille or whatever, and then and then they'll lose games to Mets and Gangon because you know I, they're just not set up to play against those teams perhaps. Um, so it's, it's, it's perhaps not too surprising that Gangle got this. It was a last sort of a last gasp goal, wasn't it? I remember Gorvenek's celebration was was uh, sort of evident, you know, how how uh, how important it was. And yeah, I, I think they've got, they've got a solid enough chance to get into that that third from bottom relegation playoff spot. And you know, I, at the moment, uh, League Zero is uh, is a little bit in flux with who would finish in third place because it's pretty tight between um, between uh, Lorient, Lons, and Paris FC, who are all you know pretty decent teams. Um, it'll probably be one of those three, and you know. But I, I would back Gungum to get a result against out of those teams. Obviously, it's early, an early stage, but yeah, I think that they can be hopeful and uh, uh, hopefully Gorvenek sort of on the upward curve, you know, on the upward trend rather than um, on a downward one. Mm, yeah, and that's the thing is, is like you say, it's, it is comparative to Mets, but Mets were so far behind, but yeah. got so many wins that they never really claimed that. And I bet Ruse getting flashbacks to be fair, <laughs> fortunately for him, but they, they just feel like. They're slowly coming into some kind of form. Maybe Golvenex finally got through to them and, and finally getting them to to play how he wants to play. And it just feels like if they can string some results together against the, these this sort of chance they have, at least anyway, of at least if not catching the well, they, I, I, I would caveat like that this more than anything. Is they they've certainly got a chance even over the next couple of months to catch Dijon and and Com because you can't see them really recovering at the at the pace they're going at the moment. But I think more importantly, this is their last chance to maybe catch an Amion or, or anyone else falling into that um, tier of teams just above that point there because if they don't start picking results now, it's, it is just going to be those bottom three that they're going to have to fight through. And this is the kind of game you need to win if you want to be doing that because these next three especially are, are vitally important to the season. And coming on to to not really on this one, Adam, they've they got a result at the, at the weekend. It's a nice little 1-0 win against what I said at the time was <laughs> the game not to watch really this weekend. And uh, I think most people have advised me than that. But that's that's two wins out of three for them, at least anyway. They, they, they're kind of neither here nor there at the moment, the Canary. And it, while it's obviously understandable in, in some cases, they are probably even focusing on the quarterfinals as well because a, a cup run would be really nice to, to put mm. to their season really more than anything. Mm. But they with those two results... It looks like they're probably going to be nowhere near, at least anyway, going down now. They've probably saved themselves enough space now to, to give them some breathing room. Maybe another win, like example, at the weekend should be just about enough. But um, is that maybe the best they can sort of do now? Maybe after getting, well, try and get a win in this game, focus everything on this one, get through that quarterfinal and, and see maybe a cup run can, can lift their spirits towards the end of the season? Yeah, I think that's definitely what they'll be hoping for. As well, I think that's what the fans would want as well. Yeah, they're not going to get relegated, and and they're not going to threaten the European places. Obviously, they're kind of in a very similar position to Bordeaux. You know, they're they're a, a sizable team with high expectations that that didn't work pan out the season for for whatever reason. And uh, you know, with the change of managers and the Cardozo didn't work, and Valley Hostage done okay, and and um and but it's sort of it has kind of tried off a little bit there for me. He's a very unpredictable coach. He's, he just changed formation and his team uh, selection quite a lot and. You know, there's there's some some sort of odd odd sort of situations in 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 that in that squad with you know with Kara and Bodji gone back to sort of fell out with the coach and and went back to
Sorry, Adam, you've just cut off there, I think. I, I'll continue things on from there, at least anyway, until he does return. And, and like you say, it's, it's an interesting one for, for Norton at the moment. The, the falling outs that they've had um, does make me think a little bit, of depending on, on what Halil Hodzic will do um, come the summertime and what they will do with him, really, because it's that awkward balancing act of a situation, isn't it? I, I think that he's obviously working through incredibly tough circumstances at the moment because of the, the salary situation and it, it's how his performance on the field is a little bit difficult to reflect on really because of that as well but at the same time they're not too interesting they they weren't really pulling up trees without Salah in the team before that either so it's it's interesting to see what they decide to do sort of going forward with him because like like we mentioned this they're, they're in a similar boat to Bordeaux where do they really want to be come the end of the season, come the start of next season, really. Um, where do they want to be as a club? Where do they want to progress? Is, is Europe their plan? Is staying a, a stable Liga side their, their real goal here to to make sure they consolidate a bit? It sort of gone away from a lot of things that they had in the past of sort of bringing through young players. That's sort of slowed down quite recently and they, they've not really... They're not any kind of big spenders, at least. So it'd be interesting to see how they get on. And apologies, everyone, for some technical difficulties Adam's having. He will be joining us back in a moment. But I will move on to the team that that not... Oh, it'd be time for some predictions, really. And this is a pretty close one to call, really. Like we mentioned, if not were to win this game, it pretty much seals their, their chance of staying in the league this season. And 33 points at the moment with that gap all the way to 20 should obviously Dijon and Cole not pick up results of the weekend. seems like a too much of a a big gap for them to, to dispossess at least anyway. But at the same time, you look at the uh, gang up result um, and then you think that it's not quite the the time for that one as well, that that if gang up were to get a result, they've got a couple of games now to try and catch up really and try and catch up with that group. So it's massive for them as well. I'm feeling a gang up. 1-0 1-0 win in this one, I, I I think. And it looks like we do have Adam back. Are you with us, Adam? A little bit of silence from his end. That's okay. Uh, 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 I've got a bit of noise. Can I hear you, Adam? We may have had him briefly. <laughs> but I'm, at least for my result on this one, I, I'm going for a 1-0 a, a gang on win. I, I think that it's their chance Hello? to... Adam, are you there now? We can hear Adam, but he can't hear us. I'm going to just... Just a brief moment, ladies and gentlemen. I do sincerely apologise about this. Um, but uh, I think it will be a gang on win. But it won't It won't be um, too much of a result for them. If they can get a 1-0 win here, pick up some results, and they'll get a chance a little bit later Hello? on. At least. Adam, can you hear us? No? This may be cut. Don't worry about this. This is the the, the core of live YouTube, at least anyway. <laughs> so I'll j- just be a brief moment, ladies and gentlemen, just as I try and connect him back to us. We can hear you, but you can't hear us. But let's go on to the next game, at least for us this evening. And it's our final game of the evening, really. And it's between... The Sunday match, which will be on BT Sport, which is uh, between Marseille and Saint-Étienne. Two teams that are going to be fighting both for, well, Europa League place predominantly, but they're both sitting in fourth and fifth at the moment, but also obviously have a big 
big eye on that Champions League place that's currently occupied by Lyon. And the hosts at the moment, Marseille, it's been an interesting couple of weeks for them, really. They've started to pick up results a little bit more. They've, they've got three wins on the bounce before that draw against Ren at the weekend and just going to test if and um, it's, it's going to be an interesting test for them because that Ren game was an interesting one for them we said last week that that would be the sort of icebreaker to see where they would be and even on on uh, on the the earlier show our regular show on on Monday we were stating how that was big for Ren and big for Marseille themselves as well but Getting the draw was important, but at the same time, and Jordan O'Marvey certainly took one for the team, and I know I took some chagrin for that one because I was not very pleased with O'Marvey's performance of, of doing the quote-unquote professional foul. But they have been looking a little bit better in the last couple of weeks. We've met Valé Germain has played a lot better with Balotelli in the side and bouncing off that and being in a in a front two has been much better. To, um, I think that Balotelli himself has settled quite nicely, even though he didn't grab a goal at the weekend. He has been pretty lethal. The defence in Bubakar Kamara and Katalakar have looked better. It's been interesting to see... Um, it's been interesting to see Rudy Garcia use those players and, and, and give them a chance at, at starting a little bit more consistently. Uh, mm. Adam, you, uh, it sounds like you're back in with us now. I am, yeah, yeah, sorry yeah, about that. That's mm. not a problem. <laughs> I, I powered through as it was. But uh, <laughs> on, on terms of, of Marseille, at least, anyway, it was, like we said, it was, a, it was a tough game at the weekend. They got an okay result, but a little bit lucky given the chances and that Amavi committed the most professional of fouls. But mm. uh, an interesting one to go and said, and knowing that a win there puts them back in sort of the Champions League race. Yeah, it does. I mean, they both of those clubs have, have been pretty fortunate with the way that Lyon's season has kind of panned out. Uh, at one point, especially after the derby where Lyon beats Metian, I, I felt that was kind of third place done. But, um, you know, with the ongoing distraction of the Champions League, the defeat of Monaco last week in which, you know, they looked, you know, they were flagging a little bit in that game. Um, it's, it's, it is very much back on. And, you know, Marseille win this game. They're on 44 points. Lyon are on 46. All right, they're at home just to lose, which you'd expect them to win. But, you know, with, with the season and as it is, and, and still, a, you know, what, 12 games to go. And Lyon, again, if they manage to somehow get past Barcelona and maybe the Cup as well is distracting them and they've had a long season as it is, then those three teams could be fighting out right until the end. And I think you, what you mentioned there about the, the defence is really interesting. And, and, and in fact, the team selection in general, you mentioned about Kaleta Shah and, and, and Kamara playing well together at the back. And they have. They have done really well. You know, Kaleta Shah was, I, I thought, pretty terrible when he came in. You know, he got given various chances in Europa League games and Cup games and played really poorly. He got one out of ten from a from a from a, a fan site for the game against uh, in they lost in the cup to the, the lower division team, which is really quite saying something. And but since he's come back in, they've formed this partnership. He's been really solid and looked like the player that they they thought they signed and Kamara as well. And he's a really talented lad and and he's been you know um, a favourite of the Cubs for quite some time. You know right from sort of his mid-teens and uh, still only 19, only recently turned 19. He's sort of he sort of dropped out of the team a little bit in around sort of December January, but. He started the last eight games and has looked really solid. And you know, Adarami was back from injury last week and only made the bench. And I said about the teams sort of wider, sort of wider team. You know, Dimitri Payet and Luis Gustavo have sat on the bench for the last two games. Okay, they've had in injuries too and they've been injury affected. But the fact that they 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 played that game against Ren and, and without you know with Gustavo Payet and Rami, three of their sort of senior pros, if you like, for all three very experienced, very very good players on the bench. And 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 you know, you were right. They they got away with it a little bit, but. And to put in a performance, you know, and, and get a result at a difficult place to go is is, is is relatively impressive. And 
um, you know, I, I still have questions over Garcia and and the, what he's really trying to do. What what's his what's his philosophy, um, and where's where's the team going? But you know, the, the fact that there are younger players going through and, and impressing is is a, a real positive for them, and hopefully they can they can keep it up and um, you know they can those two players especially can continue to adapt to to the team. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think given on, it's been great to see Kamara recently, but uh, sort of on the subject of Kaletikar, I think that he's been sort of a perfect example of why it's a little bit diff- more difficult for a lot of people to judge young defenders and having a, a very young centre-back that can play consistently is such a rare thing. Yeah. Um, I mean, I mean, the other example you would say on the flip side of that would be, would be Malang Sar at Nice, where you know his first half a season was incredible and then it mm. was a year of, of not much and then a half a season of decent form he's not been great recently but they can sort of fluctuate until they're sort of 21 22 it's only really the very special ones that can play in their teens and early even early 20s a consistent level regularly and, and giving him that chance to sort of play out the rest of the season possibly at centre-back with Kamara with the defensive issues they have at centre-back obviously having to play Gustavo for for long periods of the back is going to really help his development and a, a, an interesting game really it's Atetien who've sort of flip-flopped in the last couple of weeks they lost 1-1-1 in the last four games and at the same time they've lost to Ren pretty heavily a decent result against Strasbourg they were a little bit unfortunate against Paris Saint-Germain they played pretty well in that game but did end up losing obviously and then picked up only a 1-0 win against Dijon which was a, 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 not a tad fortunate really it, it was a, a really good goal by Sabotic but they, they didn't really overwhelm a Dijon side where you expected a little bit more from them but and, and credit to Dijon they did look a little bit better in in that one but that makes them a little bit hard to assess of which Saint-Étienne would turn up because it's the smaller size like it has been recently they've been pretty decent but at the same time against the bigger teams against Rennes against Paris Saint-Germain against Lyon as well if you go a little bit further back they've sort of fell on their sword but at the same time do they take maybe a little bit of confidence that a couple of months ago they they beat Marseille and were, were much the better side and feel like a win here solidifies their position in fourth and even a, a pretend, as the Champions League contenders instead of Loem? Yeah, I think so. I think that they'll, they'll definitely be confident given the, the previous game. And and I would say that this, this season, Sinetian, <clears throat> over the course of the season, would be you know favourites for this game, although it's at the Velodrome, which is a little bit of a caveat to that. But of these two teams, Sinetian have been the better, they have the better team, they've played the better football. I've, I would argue they've got, at the moment, a better coach or at least a uh, perhaps a more on-it coach, if you like. He's, I can see where that he's had an effect on this team of late, whereas I don't think Garcia's had an effect on on Marseille. And they're the two most successful clubs in, in French football history. You know, they're the two most with the most league wins. And this is this is a, a pretty big game in any season. But you're right, with the with the uh, the Champions League race, pretty big for both teams. You know, Sinetien under Gautier, you know, when Gautier took over, they kind of threatened relegation. He rescued them and they, they pushed for Champions League every year under him. And it was their, you know, they're sort of the, the just out of reach. They, they came pretty close three or four times and that's that's again sort of that might be the case this year that they might again sort of finish fourth or and just miss out and or maybe drop away at the end as they have done before and Marseille again are very similar they haven't been in the Champions League for a few seasons it's a stated aim of the champion the champions project although that phrase isn't come up too much recently unsurprisingly but that is it is their aim to get back in the Champions League I would argue they're the biggest club in France quite comfortably um historic in a historical sense obviously PSG's recent 
um, dominance changes that a little bit, but you know they're 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 aiming to get back in Champions League, and if one of these teams can somehow overhaul Leon and, and get into the Champions League for next season, obviously there's a playoff that you wouldn't think they can catch Lille, who are a good five points clear of Leon too, so they're probably out of sight a little bit. So they have to go for that playoff. So it's no by no means guaranteed. Although those playoffs are slightly better than they used to be with the with now that the top four leagues get four automatic group stage places, they don't have to worry about maybe playing Sevilla or Valencia or Napoli, perhaps. So, you know, as as this season, you know, end up we end up obviously it was because of the Europa League final, but they end up with three. There might be a similar case next year where the French team gets a better draw. So it's it's a much more tantalizing and, and prospect than it was previously. So if they can do that, it's huge for the team, but either of these teams in and probably their biggest achievement in in the in the last between them anyway in the last sort of five years to get it back into the top three in the Champions League so potentially a massive game and and the winner here will fancy themselves to overhaul Leon for sure yeah absolutely and that's the interesting thing I think about the Champions League qualification now is that really instead of like you say a, a top four side in the Premier League potentially facing or a difficult Italian team or Spanish team instead you your main competition is possibly a sort of a sporting maybe or mm. a, an Ajax. Bayern, from, Lord, yeah. Yeah, or, or possibly one of the Turkish teams potentially or a, or a Russian team. It's it's on the similar sort of footing, isn't it? Rather than mm. maybe having to play up to yourselves, you're playing a, a team that's a bit level. And Saint-Étienne will fancy that. I just, I always feel like Saint-Étienne are uh, very similar to the last couple of years where they may be, when they're in form, they're just maybe one or two players off being a really good team. It just feels like they've not really solved, still not really solved the central striker thing unless they want to play Kazri there on permanent. They've flip-flopped on that all season and they've played Dione there, they've played Nordan there on occasion and it's never quite stuck with either of them in terms of goal scoring at least. That's still one Is to solve. Is it Honorar that's coming in the next season, the, the, the Claremont striker? He's, he's certain to be joining he was 22. Yeah, it'd be an interesting. See, again, it, it's it's it'd be interesting to see if they can finally get someone in that position, isn't it? Because uh, they've tried which way they've tried they've tried a lot of players that scored goals in in smaller leagues, like uh, it was a uh, Slovenia, wasn't it, for Beric, I think, and 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 others. They've obviously tried the only he was done it league one with when he was at Dijon, but it's not not quite got the same level as he had there. Nordan's obviously come through the the system as well, but that's not quite worked out. Maybe a a league der striker will will push them onto that level, but they they just need to solve that. And now midfield, really, it wasn't really an issue before the the, the January transfer window, but a number of moves have sort of muddled that up. A couple of loan signings may help for now, but um, solving that long term and, and maybe getting an extra creative midfielder in there to to play sort of on an opposite wing if we are going to play Kazri, sort of in a more advanced role, but. Maybe just to give them a little bit extra, especially with uh, you know who we're getting up there in age and Kevin Monipake is not always particularly reliable either. But an interesting game. It would be a really good one to watch on on Sunday evening. What do you think the score will be, Adam? I think it's goals, goals in this one. I think two each. I'm feeling two on Marseille. I, I think they've they've got over the hump that sort of plagued them between November and and late January. And uh, I, I fancy a Mali, Mario Balotelli going and even Germain as well, who has been much better recently. Yeah, Maybe they. They, I think that kind of result would just sort of catapult them for the last half of the season without any competitions, without any Europe, straight focus, and they can try and see if they can hunt down Leon, who were, depending on how results go in the next couple of weeks, may have Europe off their books pretty quickly as well. Uh, that's all for this week. My thanks to Adam and all of you listening at home. Uh, do join us for the main show that will be back on Monday. And for now, enjoy your weekend of football.